chapter 1. The book of Romans, chapter 1. Very, um, um, you know, uh, popular chapter, popular uh, book. Book of Romans, chapter 1. If you are there, just follow with your eyes. I will read this from verses 1 to 16. I'll read this from verses 1 to 16. Just follow with your eyes. The Bible says in the book of Romans, chapter 1, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God, which he had promised afore by his prophets in the Holy Scriptures concerning his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh, and declared to be the Son of God with power according to the Spirit of holiness and by the resurrection from the dead, by whom we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for his name, among whom are ye also the called of Jesus Christ, to all that be in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all um, that your faith is spoken of uh, throughout the whole world. For God is my witness whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayers, making request, if by any means now at length I might have a prosperous journey by the will of God to come unto you. For I long to see you, that I may uh, impart unto you some spiritual gift, to the end ye may be established. That is, that I may be comforted together with you by the mutual faith, both of you and me. Now I would not have you ignorant, brethren, that oftentimes I purposed to come unto you, but was led hitherto, uh, that I might have some fruit among you also, even as among other Gentiles. I am debtor both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the unwise, so as much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. Please bow as a prayer. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you once again for bringing us together into this place of worship. Bless, Lord, your people. Bless us with your word. And I pray that this word will work in our hearts. Let the Holy Spirit now to touch our hearts and to uh, take control of the service this morning. Hallow this place, Lord. Protect this place. Keep us safe from all harm. And I pray, O oh God, that your word uh, will be our victory this morning. And thank you for the fellowship. Thank you for the blessing. Thank you, Lord, for um, allowing us to come together. We, uh, Lord, commit to you our service this morning and a victory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. This is God's method of saving men. That verse right there in verse number 16, that verse reveals the theme of the entire book of the book of Romans. The gospel is the theme. The gospel is the most, you know, 
um, um, important part of this. In fact, this is this is the core uh, message of the whole thing of the Lord Jesus Christ, salvation, uh, our salvation by faith, uh, by grace through faith. It is the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ is uh, very, very important. And it runs through all scripture, not just in the book of Romans, but all throughout the scripture, the gospel is being, um, you know, proclaimed. Now, the word gospel, I know that um, when we asked uh, before, when I was in the Catholic Church and I have not been in a Baptist Church, uh, then I know that the gospel, you know, there are four, the gospel of uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So, uh, again, those are the writers of the gospel. Those are the people who are, who are, uh, who have known Christ. They are the people who wrote the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, they wrote the, the things, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. But again, the gospel has been, has been, um, you know, um, defined in a very uh, understandable way. In a, in, in a way that all of us can understand what is that really, what is the gospel is all about. The gospel, which means the good news. And that good news occurs many times in the New Testament. And it is described in, in our book here, in the book of Romans, uh, chapter 1, verse number 1. It is, it is called the gospel of God. It is also called in our text in verse number 16, it is called the gospel of Christ. That's the same. Although, you know, it's a gospel of God or the gospel of Christ, but it's all the same. In, in, in Corinthians, in the book of 2 Corinthians, it's also mentioned, mentioned as the gospel of the glory of Christ. And in the book of Ephesians, it is also mentioned as the gospel of your salvation. And the gospel of peace. You know, Apostle Paul, he said, I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed to proclaim the gospel. I'm not ashamed uh, to, to, uh, to share the gospel. Why? Because how could he be ashamed of this? That made transformation of his life. And he, he was, he was uh, changed because of the power of the gospel. Again, there were many things that... The Apostle Paul was very, very successful of, and he was very, um, you know, happy about of all the things that he had accomplished in his life. He had achieved a lot of things. He had accomplished a lot of things. He was an accomplished lawyer, if you don't know it. Apostle Paul was an accomplished lawyer. And aside from that, he was also an accomplished uh, religionist. He's really strong in his devotion and his, in his passion of his religion and his worship of God and his service of God that he was willing to kill and to die for his, for his religion. He was an accomplished religionist and also he was an accomplished businessman. Uh, he, was, he was in trade, you know, uh, he was tent making, it was his trade. He, he does uh, tent making uh, for, for a living, you know, for the supply of his needs and many other things. Apostle Paul is an, is an accomplished person. But all of those accomplishments, all of those, uh, you know, uh, he called, he gained in this world. All of those, he counted all these things as rubbish. He considered all those things as garbage. Garbage. When those things will be compared 
with the knowledge that he had received of his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. All those things are rubbish. I'll tell you, my friend, if, if Apostle Paul is living today, and he is the person that maybe uh, an accomplished lawyer today, an accomplished doctor, or an accomplished engineer, or architect, or accomplished pilot, whatever it is, an accomplished businessman, and he turns, he turned to God. He turns to God. He considered all those things as garbage. He considered all those accomplishments as rubbish. You see, this is what he said in in, in Philippians chapter three, verse number three. Philippians chapter 3, verse number 3. And notice here the five prevailing facts about the gospel. In Philippians chapter 3, verse number 3. But, but what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of of Christ Jesus my Lord for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but done that I may win Christ Philippians 3 9 verse 3 verse, verse 9 and be found in him not having my own righteousness which is the law but that which is through the faith of Christ the righteousness which is of God by faith. Verse number 10, he said, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. My friend, the Apostle Paul, he was an accomplished person and he gained a lot of things and he gained things to his own advancement. He gained all these things, but all those things that he gained in this world, he 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 know uh, he pushed them aside. He did not consider them to be the most important thing in his life. But the most important thing in his life now have changed, and the most important thing of his life is his faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. The knowledge that he gained in the Lord Jesus Christ has surpassed his interest of all the knowledge that he gained in law or in any other um, you know uh, things that he did in this world my friend these five prevailing facts about the gospel first of all i want you to see the source the source of the gospel uh, where does the gospel come from what is its origin who started this gospel? Who brought this gospel to us? My friend, the answer to that is in uh, the book of Romans, chapter 1, verse number 1. The book of Romans, chapter 1, verse number 1, the Bible says, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God. My friend, the gospel comes from God. That gospel, that good news is coming from God. And again, literally, the meaning of this is really that the gospel that is coming from God. The gospel of God. So the gospel 
is good news from God. It is the Lord God. And we learn, you know, at once the difference between the gospel of God and the religion of man. There are two different things. The gospel of God and the religion of man. You know, I started my life with being part of the big religion. And, um, you know, I did not see the difference in any of that. And I, don't, I did not pay any attention of any difference. But again, it's very clear to me now that what I had before was the religion of man. And what I have right now is no longer religion, but a relationship. The gospel that I have in the Lord Jesus Christ brought me relationship with God. Not the religion of God, but the relationship. Because, you know, you see here, the religion of man is, of course, man's way. It is man's way and method to get saved, to get to heaven, and to be close to God. That is the religion of man. It's not wrong per se when you look at it as a, you know, when you look at it as a, as a whole, it, there's nothing wrong in that. There's nothing wrong uh, for you to get closer to God. But I will tell you, my friend, that is not God's way. Because God's way is very clear. And God's way is, you know, the gospel of God is God's way. Because the gospel, you know, is God's method. It is God's way of saving man. We, in religion, we try our best to reach up to God. But in reality, the gospel is God reaching down to man. Right. It is God who came down Amen. to the level where we are. But man rejected that idea and they built this religion so that they can climb up to God. But they have not recognized that God already came down. The Bible says that Jesus Christ came to seek and to save that which was lost. The Lord Jesus Christ came down. You see, man's religion always begins with man. It started with man. But God's gospel always begins with God. Because it is God first that came down and he began that work and finished that work and accomplished that work that every man that will come to Jesus Christ for the finished work of Christ will be saved. That is God's way. And again, the source of the gospel determines his character. You know, it is God-like. The gospel is God-like. It is noble. And again, it is great. And it is for our good. The religion of man is, you know, opposite to that. It's different to that. And again, the gospel of God is reliable. The gospel of God is, you know, up to date. And there is nothing there. There is nothing that God says that he never does. And he never, you know, fulfills. Everything that God says, He will make it happen. And His word, no need of revising. It has been from the beginning. And until now, we still have the word of God that we can rely on and we can rely upon. The gospel is not a religion. But 
the gospel is a revelation from God himself. That is what the gospel is. The revelation of God himself, the revelation of his complete and final word to man. So here, that is the gospel. Now, um, after looking at the source of the gospel, let's take a look at the subject of the gospel. In Romans chapter 1, verse number 1 to 4, um, you know, we can have this kind of, you know, um, uh, puzzled about this. What is the gospel about? We know that it is a good news, but what it is about? What is the news? What is that news, my friend? Let's go and take a look at this. Verses 1 to 4 in our text, in Romans chapter 1, verses 1 to 4. This is about our Lord Jesus Christ. This is about, you know, God's declaration concerning the person. And that person I'm talking about is no other than the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. And his person is revealed, and not just his person is revealed, his work also is revealed in the gospel. Verses 1 to 4, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God, which he had promised afore by his prophets um, in the Holy Scriptures, concerning his son, Jesus Christ, which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh, and declared to be the Son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. Now you can find this statement, a lot of wonderful, wonderful truth about the statement of Paul about the Lord Jesus Christ and his gospel. We have a statement here concerning, first and foremost, the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus and His real humanity. The Lord Jesus is God from the beginning and until now, but at one point He became man. The Lord Jesus came down and it's mentioned here in verse number 3, concerning His Son. Concerning who? God's Son. The Lord Jesus Christ. Concerning His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh. In other words, God, Jesus Christ from the beginning is God, and then, you know, the Lord made him man. It's not that, that his deity stops right there. The Lord Jesus Christ still God when he became man. So when he came down, you can see, you know, people saw him, people touched him, and people, you know, uh, talked with him, and the Lord Jesus Christ was revealed in his humanity. The humanity of Jesus Christ was revealed, and also you can see that his deity also at the same time was revealed. And this is a thing that is so hard for humanists to think, oh, I cannot believe that. How come, how come Jesus Christ is God at the same time man? But that is what he is. That is, you know, uh, what, what, what the Bible tells us about himself, that Jesus Christ in full humanity and also full deity. He is part of the Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. He is one of the Godhead. And 
in 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 First Corinthians chapter 15 verse number 1 to 4 you can see that the Lord Jesus Christ is declared to be our Savior he is declared to be our sanctifier he said here moreover verse number 1 in the book of first um, Corinthians chapter 15 moreover brethren I declare unto you the gospel which I preach unto you <coughs> which also you have received and wherein ye stand by which also you are saved if you keep in memory what I preach unto you unless you have believed in vain for I delivered it to you first or first of all that which I also received how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures my friend the gospel is just you know defined in a very very simple way that the gospel that good news that saved our soul that transport our soul from 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 hell to heaven is very simple here the gospel then is that god sent his son jesus christ his only begotten son and he sent his son into this world to die on that cross for our sins and after jesus christ died at the cross he was buried when god allowed it he was buried and then god raised him from the dead and now the lord jesus christ he is our living savior exalted at his right hand the lord jesus christ here the gospel is very simple now for us to understand before i do not know this gospel i have been in the big religion for a long long time many many years but no one told me about this that the gospel is not those writers of the book but the gospel itself the gospel the real gospel is that the death the burial and the resurrection of jesus christ Amen. He, that is the gospel that saved our soul so the gospel message is the declaration of the glorious person of jesus christ and his finished work at the you know at the uh, cross of calvary now not just the source of the gospel not just the subject of the gospel we will take a look at the sufficiency of this gospel why don't we need something more why is the gospel is enough why because this is what the souls of man need in romans chapter 1 verse number 16 Romans chapter 1 verse 16 for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth to the Jew first and also to the Greek my friend the gospel is the power of God unto salvation my friend man's first need is salvation yeah. every person that arrives to this world he needs salvation every person that is born into this world 
the first thing that he needs is salvation of his soul. Everyone should have that salvation of soul. Everyone to have that salvation is to be reconciled to God. That is the first, you know, um, order for that person to be saved. In 2 Corinthians 5.20, of verse number 18, 2 Corinthians 5.18, notice here, remember that we are separated from God because of sin. And because of sin, it separates us from God. There needs to be a reconciliation. There needs to be a reconciliation so that we can be one with God again. After the onslaught of sin in our life, it separated us from God. As the Bible says in Romans chapter 3, for, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Now there needs to be a reconciliation in verse number 18 of 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And all things are of God, who had reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and had given to us the ministry of reconciliation. Jump to verse number 20. 2 Corinthians 5, 20. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. You see, my friend, man's need is reconciliation, salvation, and that salvation is, you know, for us to be reconciled to God, for us to be forgiven by God. That sin that separates us from God needs to be taken care of. And Jesus Christ did just that at the cross of Calvary. And we need to be forgiven through the Lord Jesus Christ. Colossians chapter 2, verse number 13. Colossians chapter 2, verse 13. And you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, had he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. It is the Lord Jesus Christ. It is the work of Christ that enables us to be forgiven. And again, not just to be forgiven, but to be justified. Only one that can justify, not the law of the land, not the law of the Supreme Court, or, or that the judgment of the Supreme Court. There's only one, one person that can justify us, and that is God. And indeed, God justified us. The moment that we come to Christ, we are justified. Romans chapter 5, verse number 1. Romans 5, 1. Therefore, being justified by works. No, not works. It says justified by, you know, diligent labor. No, it's not diligent labor. By giving our money. It's not even giving our money. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We are now at peace with God. Before, before we come to Christ, we are enemies with God. Without us knowing it, no one wants to be enemy of God. No one wants to be, you know, in, in, you know, uh, in opposition to God. But because of our ignorance, we were in opposition to God. But the moment that we come to Christ, we become now, you know, 
at peace with God. Why? Because, because even though we have sin in our lives, when we come to Christ, we become justified. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And what is that? By coming to Christ, we receive eternal salvation, eternal life. In, in Titus chapter 3, verse number 7, and also verse number 8 is a good verse. But verse number 7, Titus chapter 3, that being justified by His grace, we should be made ears according to the hope of eternal life. This is a faithful saying, and these things I will that thou affirm constantly, that they which have believed in God might be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and, and, and um, profitable unto men. Again, and the gospel of God, the gospel of Jesus Christ, is sufficient not because not because you know um, um, it is not simply uh, good advice about something that man has to do in order to be saved my friend um, it is the good news that God has done and that good news has been done through his son the Lord Jesus Christ all that is necessary for our salvation the gospel is God's power to save. No one, there's no amount of power in this world that can save our soul. There's nothing this, this world can do to save our soul. That salvation of our soul only comes from one, and that is from the Lord Jesus Christ. There's nothing else in this world that can save our soul. You see the source of the gospel. And we see also the subjects of the gospel. We see the sufficiency of the gospel. And here, the fourth point is the scope of the gospel. For who is this gospel for, my friend? For everyone. Everyone. It is for every person. Again, go there to Romans chapter 1, verse number 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone. Every person. For you and for me. No matter how how how, how you do, uh, what, what, what you've been in your life, no matter what you do, no matter what you have done, um, you know, it doesn't matter. If you hear the gospel, just receive it. Because this is for you and for me. This is for the Jews and for the Gentiles. There is no social, there is no moral or age barrier to hinder anyone from accepting the gospel of Jesus Christ. Every person has been given the opportunity to receive the gospel. If the person will not be saved, if the person you know, cannot go to heaven, it is not because God you know, has his hands shortened. It is because it is his decision to reject the gospel. The gospel is presented to all and it's been, everyone has been given the opportunity to receive. And again, the, the, the gospel should be received. Whoever you are, whatever you are. Oh, pastor, I have seen a great sin. Can God forgive me? My friend, there is no sin the person can, can, can commit in this world that God cannot save them from. The Lord our God can save them. 
When he said, uh, you know, uh, as far as the east is from the west, so far have I removed thy sin from you. Come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, I will make them as white as wool. Though they be uh, uh, red like crimson, the Lord can cleanse the, deep, you know, the darkest of sin of a person in this world. There is only one sin that cannot be forgiven by God. And that sin, you know, is not murder. That sin is not ab ab abortion. That sin is not, you know, uh, stealing. That sin is not um, um, being, being uh, proud. There's only one sin that cannot be forgiven. And that is the sin of the Holy Spirit. And what is that sin of the Holy Spirit? When you reject Christ, you have sinned the Holy Spirit of God. And that sin cannot be forgiven. Because, you know, the gospel needs to be... The, the Holy Spirit of God is knocking at the door of your heart. And you harden your heart. You don't want to listen to God. You don't want to listen to the preaching. You don't want to listen to, um, to the gospel of Christ. If you harden your heart until the death closes your eyes, then that sin, my friend, cannot be forgiven. No matter what your family here, you know, uh, will be doing after that. No matter how much money they pay to the priest for the prayers of the soul, that sin cannot be forgiven because that is the sin, if that is the mortal sin that they said, in our religion before. That is the mortal sin that there's no forgiveness of any kind. Because that is the sin of um, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, while you are alive, keeps on, you know, knocking at the door of your heart. Receive Christ. Receive Jesus Christ. Receive the Son of God. And you harden your heart. When death comes to you, there's no forgiveness of that sin. In Hebrews chapter 2, verse number 3. Hebrews chapter 2, verse number 3. It says that how shall they escape? How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? How can you escape hell? If you neglect the great salvation of the gospel, the great salvation of your soul through the gospel, through Jesus Christ. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto, them by, uh, confirmed unto us by them that heard him. The sufficiency of the gospel, the scope of the gospel, this is for all, for everyone, to the Jew first and also to the Gentiles, to the sinners and to not so sinners, to the rich and to those who are not so rich. My friend, the scope of the gospel covers all people who have sold. If you are here this morning and you do not know yet the Lord Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, make a decision now. Come to Christ. Do not neglect because if you neglect that, then it will be an unforgivable, an unforgivable sin for you. Because the, the Holy Spirit of God is knocking at the door of your heart. In Revelation chapter 3, verse number 20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. My friend, every person that will hear the voice of God, when you hear the gospel being preached, that is the voice of God. 
obey the gospel because if you don't obey the gospel you will sin against the holy spirit of god the simplicity of the gospel is the last the simplicity of the gospel the gospel is good news from god to man and in order for us to benefit from this we have to believe that good news we have to put our faith in that good news to receive it and to rejoice in it and, and, and we are saved by faith by believing just believe it just believe what God said when God said he died on the cross 2,000 years ago believe it when Jesus Christ said that uh, the Bible said that he died on the cross and he was buried and he rose again the third day to pay the penalty of your sins believe it that is for you whatever jesus christ has done 2000 years ago that's for you right because that's what the bible says believe it and when you believe it and that is faith and you see faith is simply acting god upon god's word just believe what god said when when god tells you that you are a sinner believe it that you are a sinner and in fact there's no problem with us we know that we are all sinners and God said, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And the wages of sin is death. For, for the soul that sinned, it shall die. For the wages of sin is death. You see, simply acting upon God's word. And believe it. Not only of what your own heart tells you that you are a sinner, but also because of what God tells you that you are a sinner. We can we confirm it upon ourselves that we are all sinners, but God also had said that you are all sinners in uh, Isaiah chapter 53, verse number verse number 6. This is what we are and this is what we all are. We are all sinners and therefore we are separated from God. We need reconciliation. We need, you know, that relationship. We need the gospel because man's religion cannot make it. But the gospel of God can make it. In Matthew, I mean, Isaiah 53, 6, All we, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord, and the Lord had laid on him, Jesus Christ, the Lord God laid on Jesus Christ, the iniquity of us all. Iniquity that means our sins. Was placed upon the body of Jesus Christ. At the cross of Calvary. The son of God. Who, who, is, who, who is sinless. The son of God who had no sin. Bears our sin. He has no sin of his own. All the sins that he bore. At the cross of Calvary. We're not his sins, but our sins. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord had laid on him the iniquity of us all. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And God tells you that he puts your sin on Jesus Christ and, and crucified him in your place. Believe it. Just believe that whatever Jesus Christ did there, 
and that caused him to die. That is all for you. Again, go back to Isaiah chapter 53, verse number 5 this time. Verse number 5, but he, Jesus Christ, remember the book of Isaiah was written five, uh, 670 years before Jesus Christ was born. The Bible already foretold what's going to happen to this Messiah, to this Savior, to this Redeemer, Jesus Christ. He, the, the, the prophet Isaiah did not see Jesus Christ in the flesh. But he foretold about what's going to happen to this Messiah. He said, but he was wounded for our transgressions, our sins. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord had laid on him the iniquity of us all. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse number 24. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse number 24. <clears throat> Who his own self bare our sins in his own body on the tree. That we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness by whose stripes we are healed ye are healed you see the lord when god tells you that he raised the lord jesus christ from the dead then believe it believe it and put your full trust in it put your full reliance on what god has said because the word of god is faithful and true and here the the, the salvation has been laid down how to be saved how to be saved is believe the gospel of Jesus Christ. You rest completely on his word, about his work, and about that what, what has been done for your salvation. Trust him. You put your trust um, in the Savior to save you. And as you do this, then the Bible says you are saved. If thou shalt confess with the mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. My friend, salvation is simply by believing. Do you believe him? Because salvation is simply by believing. Not by working. Not by trying hard. Salvation is simply by believing. John chapter 1 verse number 12. John chapter 1, verse number 12. The Bible says, But as many, not all, but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe. Only those who believe, those who put their trust in the gospel, those who put the reliance on the on the on the gospel of Jesus Christ to them that believe on his name John chapter 3 verse 16 this is the most common verse that we have read here the most common verse that tells us about the gospel for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son <coughs> that whosoever believeth in him should not 
perish, that word perish is the place called hell. Should not perish to go to hell, but have everlasting life. That everlasting life is a place called heaven. There's no eternal life here on this earth. Eternal life, everlasting life only happens when we get to heaven. That is why God is telling us about John 3.16 to escape this place hell and the escape is in the person and that person is Jesus Christ for you to get to heaven John chapter 3 verse number 26 John 3 36 he that believeth on, on the son hath everlasting life the son is Jesus Christ and he that believeth not the son which is very common to the people even people in religion do not believe in the son Jesus Christ. They have their own way of their religion. They have their own way of going to heaven. But that their way of going to heaven is a wrong way. Yep. It's not going to get there because yep. God knows that, you know, those ways are faulty. But God's ways, are, you know, are the perfect way of going to heaven. And in fact, Apostle Paul was you know, begging these people to, to get saved in asking God to, for these people whose eyes um, closed will, must be opened, whose, whose mind that is so darkened by, by, by foolishness and worldliness. He asked the Lord in Romans chapter 10, you can see the heart of Paul. Romans chapter 10, verse number 1. Romans chapter 10, verse number 1. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. For I bear them record. He said, for I bear them record that they have a zeal of God. They have the devotion to God. They worship God. And they are so faithful in their devotion to God. They have the zeal of God. He said, but not according to knowledge. Because they stick in their religion. And they, they neglect the Son of God, Jesus Christ. The gospel of Christ they neglect. If you go to Israel today, those Jewish people there, majority of them, and vast majority of them, do not believe in Jesus Christ. They are still waiting for the Messiah to come. Jesus Christ to them is nothing. They don't believe Him. But you see, my friend, this is the problem of religion. That is what Apostle Paul described there. For I bear them record because he knows it. He came from there. He came from that religion. It's so hard for this religion to, to turn to Christ because they have their systems on how are they going to go to God. They have the system. You see, for I bear them record that they have the zeal of God but not according to knowledge. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness. And what is God's righteousness? Jesus Christ sent by God to die for the sins of mankind. Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. That is the righteousness of God. Jesus Christ is the righteousness of God. But they are ignorant about Jesus. Notice there. For they, being ignorant of God's righteousness, and going about to establish their own righteousness, they have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. They don't want that. They don't want Jesus Christ. They want their religion. They want their Judaism. And the people here, they want Islam. They want the religion of Islam. They want the religion of Jehovah's Witnesses. They have religion. They have their own system. They have their own way. They have their own, you know, righteousness. 
doing good works. We have this, you know, many other religions, the Hinduism, Buddhism, they have their way of going to heaven. They being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness, they have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. Until such time that they will surrender to God and say to the Lord, Lord, what must I do to be saved? Then they will harden their hearts. Acts chapter 16, verse number 30. Acts chapter 16, it happens to a jailer and he asked the Lord, uh, he asked his men how to be saved and he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? You know what the apostles answered? The apostle did not say, okay, go to that, you know, there's a Buddhist temple over there. No. Okay, uh, you, you joined the Judaism, you know, we are part of Judaism religion. He did not point them to other things, to other religion. But the apostles point to them to Jesus Christ. And they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. Romans 10, 9. Romans 10, 9, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Why? Why? Because verse number 10 says, For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. My friend, I will tell you today, at the end of all this, at the end of all this, those who believe in Jesus Christ and his gospel will be saved. And those who believe not the gospel of Jesus Christ will not be saved. Because there are only two kinds of people in the world. It's not about the Baptist and the, and the Presbyterian or Methodist or Episcopalian, or, or, or Catholic, or Muslim, or Hinduism, or, or Buddhist. It's not about it. There are so many religions in this world, but there are only two kinds of people. The saved and the unsaved. Because not all Baptists are saved. Only those Baptists that put their faith in Jesus Christ are saved. Those Baptists and all other religions that do not put their trust in Jesus Christ will not be saved. Now, Acts 28, last verse. Yeah. Acts 28, verse 24. Verse 23, verse 23. Starts with, and, they, uh, and when they had appointed him a day, there came many to him into his lodging to whom he expounded and testified the kingdom of God, persuading them concerning Jesus both out of the law of Moses and out of the prophets, from morning till evening, verse 28 and verse 24, and some believed the things which were spoken, and some believed not. My friend, to which class do you belong? To which class do you belong? Do you belong to those uh, who believe the gospel written in the Bible or do you belong to those people who believe not? At the end of all this, those who believe will be saved and those who do not believe will not 
be saved. That choice is yours. The time of decision is yours. Make the decision now and we will praise the Lord if you come to Jesus Christ. But if you harden your heart, then you know already what's going to happen. Let's bow our heads and pray. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for um, the simplicity of the gospel. Thank you, Lord, that you sent Jesus Christ, your Son, your only begotten Son, to die at the cross of Calvary to pay the penalty of our sins. Not his sin, but our sins. And those who believe in him will be forgiven, will be justified, and Lord will take his place in heaven. And Lord, I pray that as you have spoken to us this morning, that we will choose that part, that we will believe in you, O God. We will believe in you as our um, Lord and Savior, and we believe in the gospel as it is spoken by the apostles and written um, by your by your servants. And Lord, I pray that our people here will not harden their hearts, but rather believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. If you are not saved this morning and you know that you are not saved, or you do not know that when you die today, your soul will go to heaven. As you bow your heads and close your eyes, no, no one is looking around. My friend, the decision should be made by you, not by your parents, not by your children, not by your sibling. But the decision must be made by you, whether you believe in Jesus Christ or you believe not Him. It's all about your decision. And I pray that you will make the decision today if you have not been saved. If you have not come to Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, receive Him today. To receive him is not difficult. To receive him is just by honest, you know, um, confession to him. That you will believe in him. And you will say to him, Lord Jesus, I believe in you. Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner. Lord, I want you to come into my life and forgive me of all my sins and wash my sins all away. And when you do that, believe it with all your heart. And say to the Lord, Lord, I believe that you died on the cross 2,000 years ago to pay the penalty of my sins. Then the Lord, as you invite him to come into your life, he will accept you. As you accept him, he will accept you. And as you believe in him, you will be sealed with the Holy Spirit of God. And if you are here this morning,
once again, our Father in heaven, Lord, we thank you for giving us this clarity and the simplicity of the gospel. The method and the way by which you use to reach out mankind. And through the preaching of the gospel, the souls of men will be saved. And through, by believing in your name, Lord, um, the people will come to know Christ and be saved. Oh God, I pray that you will continue uh, to work in our lives. And that, Lord, the people that are part of our ministry, oh God, that they have come to know Christ and they have believed with all their heart that Jesus Christ is our only Savior. And He's the only Savior that can save us. And there's no other. And Lord, we confirm that with all our heart. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity once again to hear the gospel. Thank you for the blessing, Lord, that you have uh, graciously um, and abundantly provided for all of us. And thank you for these people, O oh God. And I pray, Lord, that today many of these people have made the decision to trust in the Lord Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And thank you, Father, for all the blessings and for all the victories that we have won. In Jesus' name we pray all these things. Amen. Amen. Let's all stand and sing that finally. <coughs>